0: Hey guys, welcome back to Talks with Maria in episode 219. We are talking about how to remember your power, why you need to remember your power when you are faced with challenging moments. Please remember to check out Confident Business Women's Academy where I teach you how to make money doing what you love online. Let's begin. today we are diving into how sometimes we can forget our power our um, sense of self-confidence in life and in our business Um, the reason why I want to bring this up is because I was talking to a client of mine yesterday about something she was struggling with and One of the things that I love to do on my client sessions is that we kind of debrief like the week, the month, you know, how things are working out or how things are not working out and how we can move forward and make a shift in our life and business. That's, I absolutely love doing that. One of the things that I think I'm really skilled with is being able to see um a zoomed out view of someone's life, right? I think the problem in a lot of our lives is that we're so close to the details of our lives that it's really hard for us to problem solve when it comes to um challenging moments, right? Because we're so close to everything in our in our relationships. We're so close to um the challenges that we're facing and it's almost like we have to be able to learn how to zoom out in the bigger picture and be able to view that bigger picture um, and take a look at well what looks like you know what's not working and what is working how much of this can i control and how much of this is out of my hands right and that's what my clients come to me for is to be able to discern how much of this is really something i can change and how much of this is really something i can't and what are the things that we can focus on that is something that can be changed willingly and through our power i think that's really the biggest thing is being able to discern what can you change and what you can't. Because I think a lot of people force so much on how to or what to do to change something. But really, in a sense, that's not something you can control, you know. And I want to ask you guys and start thinking about this in your own life. What are the things that you are wanting to change, but you have no control over it. And if you had a real honest conversation with yourself, you would literally say, I have no control over this, and I am trying to force something that literally isn't in my hands to be able to switch or change or make it look like a certain way. That's number 1. I think I when a lot of my clients come to me and they're they're having challenging months, challenging weeks, challenging days and just challenging chapters in their life. You know, some some people have challenging chapters. You know, it could last for years, a decade even. And then eventually they kind of learn that the pattern that they need to actually get out of, and, and that's how they make a switch into a new chapter. Well, that's, that's the funny thing about, um, <clears throat> I think, the energy of, of healing. The energy of healing is that things will continue to happen unless you are cognizant enough of the energy you're putting into the actual situation because it's the energy in which we actually operate that causes the results we have right so even like for example for me this summer I you know decided to if you guys listen to my previous episode I had decided to really take it easy really <clears throat> you know, just breathe (laughs) and just be. And, and the reason why is because I felt like I was forcing, you know, a situation. I was forcing something. And while I was forcing something, I was leaving other items like my relationships being super present with my family you know being super present in my marriage my new marriage long time partner because of this hard push in my business you know and i i'd really come to a point where it's like i can't i can't fill up one bucket and leave the other buckets behind That's just not how life works. That's just not, you know, I just don't think that that really causes for anyone to be happy, right? So I had to take a look at what do I have full control over? You know, what do I have like 100% control over? And I realized that I have full control over how I show up in my household. That's what I have full control over. Do I have full control in doing a launch and how the launch goes? I do to an extent, right? If I do another conference or summit, do I have full 100% control in the results of that? I do to an extent. But I do know the way I show up in my family, in my household, in my relationships around me. I have full control of that because I am the person showing up every day in my house, in my in my family's life. I am showing up as either a super present mom and wife super caring super wanting to pour into people in my life you know wanting to really have a deep connection have really meaningful conversations and you know moments that are memorable for people because there's a thing where it's like you can't just be around your family and then like not have these connections with them because i think that's what i had when i was growing up No, actually I didn't even have that. My mom was a housekeeper. If you guys follow my story, my mom was a housekeeper. We were poor. We didn't have a car. Um, We lived with other family members. We didn't have our own home. I didn't have my own home until I was in middle school. My mom moved to Vegas because at the time, homes out here were $100,000, which is so cheap. And so she moved out here to actually have that stability. But before that, you know, all I knew was poverty. All I knew was depending on other people to provide for us. And then also all I knew was my mom was gone working. So I didn't even have a mom or a parent around just as a body around. I didn't even have that. I didn't have the, you know, communication, that kind of like, um, intentional teaching of like how to be in life how to conduct myself how to discern good people from bad people how to protect myself I didn't learn I didn't even feel protected when I was growing up I felt I was kind of out here <laughs> you know like my mom went to work and I had to take care of myself and protect myself and the best way I knew how right so Even now, I think I prior to really being being clear on like how I was showing up with my family. I mean, there are moments where I'm very present with my family prior to I feel like the break I took on summer. Um, But I wasn't as 100% intentional on every moment I made it count, like. I would be creating content in the living room with my, my family and I wouldn't really talk to them. I would just sit and hear, you know, laugh, banter back and forth, but not really like share moments of like, you know, there was a time where I was, I would, well, I, I haven't had those moments, but I just felt like I was kind of zoned out in my phone, if that makes sense. And being zoned out in your phone is, I think, an epidemic with a lot of adults. And I think that, you know, if we don't catch ourselves, that is all they're going to remember is mom was on her phone. She's around, but she's on her phone, you know, and I never want that for my kids. I never want them to think, you know, I'm just way too busy to like even look at them while they're talking, you know what I mean? So that's one thing that I knew I could control and that is something I ex- I accepted going into summer, really going into it with like an intention of how do I show up differently in my kid's life, how do I show up in my household, how do I really love up on my husband where things are like really being poured in. Okie dokie, so I think I left off earlier um, on, you know, being able to discern what you can control and what you can't, and then being able to focus on the things that you can control and then create a plan to fix that, right? Um, So one of the things that I think, you know, I think a lot of people um, will do is that... And this is why awareness is so important. Awareness. Awareness and like how we show up in our lives. Awareness and how, you know, we are behaving, responding, reacting. And then also how how it affects other people. I think that's the biggest thing is how it affects other people. I think there's this also this interesting... Um, belief that I think I had for the longest time, um, and maybe you guys might as well, but I I had a thing where it was like, well, the way I am, um, the way I show up is the way I show up, right? And if it rubs people the wrong way, if it makes people feel a certain way, if it affects people in a way that is not positive, then that's on them. You know, like I used to have that kind of attitude where it's like, if I, um, you know, say something, do something, and it makes them feel, um, damn it, you guys, it's like morning time. And I said I was going to get, sorry, like just another sidetrack thing is I'm going to, I want to get McDonald's breakfast because I love, 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 their breakfast sandwiches. Like, I don't like any other breakfast sandwich. Like, I don't like Burger King. I don't like... I don't even like the fancy kind, like, from, like, breakfast restaurants. Like, I love McDonald's breakfast. Like, I love their egg that goes on the biscuit. I love hash brown. Like, I just... I love it. And I missed the turn to go to it. So I'm kind of annoyed. Anyway, so... I had that belief where it's like, you know, I, how I am is going to be how I am, right? Like, it's just going to be that way. And if you don't like it, you can go, right? But the problem here now that I'm noticing is that these people that I have in my life are extremely important. They're just, they're not just people who I can dispose. You know what I mean? Like... They are my two girls. They are my husband. You know, they are people who, if I want to really show up in a way in their lives that is that makes a change in who they become as women, and also, you know, even honoring. My vows as a married woman, I get to be responsible of how I show up in my life. And that's the only thing I can control is how I respond to people, the things I say, you know, what I say, how I say it. I'm responsible for that. And I'm also responsible for being aware and cognizant enough to, um, You know, discern if the way I'm responding and communicating is healthy and is creating the relationship that I, at the end of the day, want. And that's what I think maturity comes in—like being able to know that you're responsible for showing up in a certain way. That is conducive to the end goal, right? So, if your end goal is to raise your family in a way that is healthy, that shows core values, you know, that exercises core values, that does all of these different things that, like, um, you know, um, helps you achieve your goal you know then that means the chances of you achieving your goal is likely is high but if you if you're saying your goal is one thing but you're not being aware enough to execute on a daily basis towards that one thing then the chances of you getting that goal and having that goal is unlikely because every single day you are making a decision that. Oh my God, I did not know there's a red lobster over here. Um, that's kind of far from us though. Okay. I love seafood, you guys. Seafood is like everything to me, but you know, that is where I think when people say like, I'm mature, I've grown, I've done all this work on myself and all of these things, but you don't see that how you show up. Oh my God, there's a Burlington out here. It looks so new. How you show up. You guys and how people perceive you and how you respond. Well, I guess being your your how people perceive you you have no control over, right? But how you respond to people, God, there's so many great restaurants out here. What's up, man? What is the deal? Um, is is connected to a level of maturity right? A level of maturity. And um, I was watching, I was watching um, this interview with Oprah and Michelle Obama. I have, by the way, I have kind of, I kind of don't no longer look at Oprah the way I used to, which is like, now who's replaced Oprah for me is Michelle Obama. She's replaced, like, you know, someone who I look up to, who I role model after, who I, you know, when they, when you are asked, like, who's the person you look up to and who's the person you, you know, want to embody and exude and become and, you know, even parts of that person's character. For a while, a long time, since probably in my 20s, Oprah Winfrey was a big Thing for me, like someone who, you know, what learned knew how to communicate and articulate themselves, knew how to nurture relationships, was super grounded, seemed like she was super humble. However, she had, you know, amassed so much success and wealth and recognition and all these things, right, but then still was a human, like, and she ex-, ex-, ex she expressed herself as such, like, she didn't express herself like she was snooty, she was still, like, humble, that's what I got from Oprah, and I think that's what I think people draw, are drawn to Oprah for, is because she has you know, amass so much wealth and success, but still seems so grounded and still seems so like you could actually still go and have coffee with her and not be intimidated by the kind of power. <phone rings> Seriously, what kind of fucking phone call was that? That's like, what is that traditional phone ring call? That's so weird. Um, So um, for me, Michelle Obama has been like that person for me, I think in my 30s. I have really changed um, how I perceive Oprah only because there's a few things that I'm not going to address here that makes me question a lot of things about Oprah. Now that I'm just older, you know, I have two kids of my own and just like I have more life, right? But Michelle Obama for me, hands down, is that person and I think, you know... Where she came from, who she became, and then also how she handled being the second, the first lady. I was gonna say the second lady. (sighs) The first lady. How she handled that, right? She didn't just sit back and, you know, act like she didn't know what the fuck was happening. She took charge and. Not in a way that took Obama's spotlight, but in a way that was empowering and complementary to Obama's um, power, right? And I think there, there comes a level of maturity to be able to do that because I think, women and some women who are very ambitious are competitive and have a competitive nature and it's hard to have that balance with your husband if you're an ambitious woman how do you not not low key be in competition with someone's power someone's you know maybe fame recognition all these different things and i feel like with obama i think she Michelle, I mean, I think she really, um, you know, walk that fine line gracefully. And I look up to that. Now that I, you know, I mean, like, I'm married now, but I feel like I've been married for as long as him and I have been together. You know, there, it's just on another level now, like every, every move I make, I know affects him, you know, if I am looking to get a second property, I know that that's going to be an, Uh, that's going to affect us you know if I decide to make moves with my business I know that's going to affect him not just on the outside but also within like the numbers you know the legal stuff all these things so I really admire how Michelle is able to finesse being able to still accomplish her goals which is be of service to people but, that, but not take the light away from Barack's growth and Barack's, um, role, right, as being the president. So, I don't know, I just really admire that and, you know, every day I try to be that kind of energy. Anyway, I was watching this interview on Netflix. We were doing The Girl's Hair on Sunday and, um, Uh, you know, usually it's like a day thing when we do the girl's hair because we literally do their hair, like literally wash it, we comb it out. We put a hair like style in it and my girl's hairs are curly. And so you can't just comb it and leave it. Like you actually have to like design it and either do something with it or else it's going to be a whole nightmare for the rest of the days ahead. So, we did that on Sunday, but during we during that, you know, we were watching our own stuff. So, I was watching the it, the Michelle Obama interview with Oprah. And one of the things she said was having a kitchen table, having a kitchen table. And I call, and what a kitchen table, according to Michelle Obama's definition, is that it is a table of people that you trust, that you look up to, that you, um, you know, advise and you listen to and you get advice from. And it's just kind of like your, your small circle of people. And it could be, You know, old people, young people, middle aged, uh, it could be entrepreneur, it could be anybody you just feel like you vibe with, you trust. That's what she calls her kitchen table. I call this your table of advisors, right? Who is at your table of advisors? And that's why that saying goes where it's like, whoever you hang out with, you become, right? So if you hang out with people who are small minded, narrow minded, people who play it, you know, safe, um, or people who are reckless, or people who are still going out or not going out, people who are doing drugs or not doing drugs, people who um, have kids or don't have kids, people who are married or don't have um, that marriage title or a serious relationship, right? People who are this or that, like... It is like literally um, a thing, like it's a thing in terms of how you start thinking and behaving and start acting in your life. It causes you to either move forward in your life or stay the same or backwards, your table of advisors, and then Michelle Obama calls it your kitchen table, right? So I want you guys to think that you know who is your who's who sits at your kitchen table you know who sits at your kitchen table are they quality people are they people of wisdom are they people with experience are they people that are true and honest are they mature are they emotionally balanced or are they fucking wacky and all over the place one day they're emotional the next they aren't you know, like one day they are—they want to quit everything and the next they want to continue doing it. One day they want to be single, the next they want to be in a relationship. One day they're this, one day they're that. You know, these are the things you need to really take account when it comes to... Um, all right, real quick, I need to think. Where is the McDonald's over here? <laughs> all right me uh, scan my brain on how can i figure out where the nearest McDonalds I could just use my maps right but i'm on my phone recording this episode so let me oh i just figured it out okay cool. so you know i want you guys to think about that okay i want you guys to think like are you guys with people who are stable you know are you got are you is your table filled with people who complain so much are you there's a difference between complaining and venting though right so make sure you're aware of that there's a difference and if there is if the, if there's no line drawn between complaining and venting with your friends and family and people at your table you need to address that right because there's a I think complaining what complaining is is complaining about the same thing and not doing anything about it and not um maybe seeing like the more optimistic side of things and and you know knowing that you have the power to to change your perception on things that that's complaining and then venting is just like let me just vent real quick and then like and then let me go about my day right? Because you still need to be able to vent that energy out. Otherwise, it sits in your body and it weighs you down. It becomes disease. It becomes a cancer. That's how come, you know, there's a lot of that in our body because we hold on to that energy. So, you know, venting is good. Complaining is not. Now, who in your family, who in your table advisors, who in your kitchen table are complainers? Who are the people who are negative nancies? Who are the people who are, you know, positive baddies maybe, you know? And you could be positive to a fault where you just accept like bullshit stuff and then not make a change around it. Right? I had a client who swears up and down. They have done the work, you know? Uh, this is an old client of mine and, uh, wasn't able to articulate something to me. Wasn't able to articulate something to me, even in a healthy way. It just seemed very toxic in the way she handled some things. And I noticed that that's also how she handled all the other relationships in her life. You know, if things became kind of weird or like kind of not good, that's how she handled it. It was like a toxic thing. Like she didn't She didn't communicate it in a mature way, right? But granted, she also spoke as if she had that under her belt. But when it came to the reality of it, when when she was pushed against her feelings, like when her feelings were at high, she, you know she didn't exercise the things she says she was good at, you know, which is disappointing to me because you would think that, you know, when you have talked and and had so many, just so many one-on-ones with somebody, you would think that they would handle things differently and maybe even communicate in a way that was mature. Um, versus just, uh, a historical pattern that, you know, you think you're working on like as a, as a, as a and client, that's what you think you guys are working on. But when it comes to like being pushed against like your emotions, you're still going to resort to how you really are. And that's where it's like, how changed are you? You know, then that's why I want you guys to think, how changed are you? Because it's one thing to be changed when everything's beautiful, you know, you got all the money in the bank, you got all the clients, you know, you're getting all the love, you're getting all the things you want, right? But when things are not working, things are hectic, you know, you're broke, you don't have clients, you know, you might be going through some shit, are you handling things in a healthy, mature way or are you handling things in a toxic way? And that's when it counts. Cause that is when you've fully created a new habit, a new character, right? Because habits are just a, a way that a character is developed. And you know, I think that's what I've also noticed is that like not not just one client has done that multiple clients I've seen, you know, kind of get in, get still operate in a way where they are emotionally still intertwined with their old patterns. And I think, you know, when it comes to like really working on like, how do I really show up? It really does take wanting to change that, wanting to, having the desire to change it, being so sick and tired enough to, to really make that change even when it's tough, you know, even when it's hard, even when it's the easy route is surrendering to our, our are like habits that have been formed for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. And the problem with that is when we look at our life and we, you know, complain about the results we get, it's only due to the lack of change that we have had, you know. And the lack of change that we have had during the hard times. That's what I mean, because again, you can, you can be this mature person when things are fucking great, but what happens when shit will hit the fan and shit will hit the fan every single fucking time? What will happen? Who will you be? Are you going to be the toxic version of you? Are you going to be the mature version of yourself every morning, every day, every moment, you know? And I think, you know, that's a constant choice. You have to choose a choice that actually gets you what you desire, right? I hope that helps. All right, guys, I know I've been ranting a lot about this. Um, You know, I think also all of this, all of the things we want to accomplish is... Is doable as long as you are consistent in it through the thick of life through the thick of your business through the thick of it all consistent in the maturity you know choosing the mature route versus the toxic route but also you know making sure your table of advisors and your kitchen table as Michelle calls it Michelle Obama is sound okay now, let's say you're limited on like these quality people, like you you just don't have all these people around you. You have to also know y- there's so much information out there. There's podcasts, there are YouTube videos, there are like <clears throat> so much different forms of content, information, you know, things that you can really surround your mind with. Books, right? Audiobooks even while you're... You know, if you you don't want to read, fucking download the Audible app, right? So many ways you can really start infusing your mind with high vibrational content, you know? Um, so there are so many different, oh, you amazing driver who doesn't know how to drive. There is so many different things you can actually just like teach yourself. Have other people like just infuse content into your brain. That's one of the things that I really went into, you know, when I was younger, I was like a party animal. I went out a lot, you know, I even did drugs. I, I remember one summer I had to roll and rolling is like dropping E, like taking E right? I, one week, one summer I used to take E like every weekend to have fun. And to the point where the people around me also did that, you know, the people around me also was doing stuff like that. And there, I I hit a point that summer where I took two pills and I, I just could not handle physically how it felt to me. It was so bad that um, it was so bad. I didn't cry, but it was physically like a peak of like, like body stimulation because I just took two and it was too much, right? To the point where my friends were like, oh my God, what's happening? Do we take her to the hospital? You know, I didn't have to get taken to the hospital. I just had to fucking sleep, eat food, and just not do that. So that was the last weekend I ever rolled. Um, Since then, I don't do drugs. The only thing I do now is smoke fucking weed. Okay. And I'll drink here and there on date nights. But that was the last weekend I ever did and put that kind of stuff in my body that last weekend where it was just too much it was scary I felt so out of control just you know that feeling of like what the fuck am I doing like why am I doing this you know and that is it's all you know obviously I, I was a grown-up and I chose to do it and I chose to to take those things and I chose to have that kind of activity back in the day you know this was 10 plus years ago more than you know because I'm almost 40 y'all you know but what I'm saying here is that I was surrounded by people who were doing these things it was common you know it was a common thing like who got the molly who has molly (laughs) that's what it was called I think it's called that now you know who who has the thing you know Now it's like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not doing that shit. You know, now it's like, I am a mom of two. You know, I have a business. I work with my clients. You know, I'm a coach. I am into the things that I'm into. Y'all know what I'm into. If y'all don't know, y'all better like go all the way down to the first episode because y'all need to know because it's all I'm already 200 plus episodes. So there's no reason for y'all not to know me by now. But the point here is that my table of advisors when I was like 21, 22, 23, 18, 19, 20, like all the way up till maybe like all the way up until my, my daughter was born, I would say has been wishy-washy, iffy, probably not the most amazing people, you know? There were great great quality people there too, right? But, you know, like, I just wasn't the person that I am today. My sister needs to stop texting me during my episode, please. And, oh, what the fuck was that? All right, I'm sorry for all these comments, but the point here is that you get to choose who you surround yourself with and if again if you are limited on quality people in real life there is so many content out here that you could literally be coached by even me even if you don't know me personally you can listen to all my shit and you will take away some sort of advice some sort of like wisdom some sort of experience and you can put it into your own life You know, you could literally like, I'm at a fork in the road right now on what property do I want to get next? (laughs) Like that's where I'm at right now. I am not in a place where it's like, let me go get this luxury vehicle let me go floss. Let me go buy the most luxury purse. Let me go on this next luxury trip. Like I did that hella last year. Like it was hella, hella, hella trips last year. I think we did like six or seven trips last year. It was crazy. This year we've really, you know, taken it real chill, real easy, real simple. And now I'm at a point where it's like, okay, what is the next property we're going to get? You know, literally I've been looking too. Y'all like, it's going to be exciting, you know, and what are you doing? What are your goals what are the things you're getting into? What are what is the next investment you're gonna do? You know, are you investing in yourself? Are you investing in your future wealth? Are you or are you buying stuff that you probably know you can't afford? You know, are you are you pushing a vehicle that you know you have no business buying? Are you plotting a purse that you know you had to put on your credit card and probably shouldn't have? Are you, like, w- you know, expensing a trip that you probably know you shouldn't have expensed the trip? You know what I mean? And these are things that, like, I think even, like, the, the idea of trying to keep up with the Joneses is a problem. Like, you you know, we're trying to, like, floss like other people, you know, while everybody is just behind. And only some people are actually ahead while they're trying to make that that like showcase, like they're showcasing a certain lifestyle, but really it's like, damn, I'm eating top ramen at home. You know what I mean? And or like, you know, you you have this amazing fucking like bomb ass car, but you rent. Your priorities are wrong. You see what I'm saying? That's what I mean. Like if I go into an apartment complex right now and I see a Range and I see a Beamer and I see a Benz or I see a fucking Porsche these motherfuckers look wild to me because you're having a crazy ass car payment and then you rent now I also know people don't have to own property to be fucking happy You know, you don't got to own property. However, that is the one thing that actually appreciates. That is absolutely in years and years and years and years and years and years, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, you own some fucking land, that shit will appreciate for damn sure. Royalty back in the day was royal because they owned land that's what I'm talking about when it comes to like, you know, mature shit, like mature fucking buys, you know, however, do you deserve like all the things you want? Yes, you do. Just make sure you're responsible and you're doing things, you know, and it's that concept in thinking grow rich called delaying gratification, you know, being able to delay that purse, that car that trip until you reach a certain milestone, right? Instead of feeding your ego, feeding your desires, you know, because then that becomes an addiction, okay? So don't move off from one addiction to the next, like eliminate that and actually um, implement a character of discipline because the opposite of discipline is addiction, you're addicted to a certain thing. Discipline is something that we want to exercise and, you know, try to teach our children discipline too. And I, I need to, I've been going to the gym y'all. Not to the point where I'm super proud, but like I've been going to the gym. Anyway, I feel like I'm just rambling now. Okay, guys, have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was helpful. Let me know. You can email me at info at um, And so much love to you guys. Have an amazing day. If you enjoyed this show, please remember to subscribe, like, and share. If you are interested in collaborating, please send me an email, info at talkswithmaria.com.